the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. Good afternoon, everyone. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, wherever you are joining us from. Those of us are joining from Nigeria. Good evening over there. If you are in America, it's good afternoon. I want to appreciate every one of us that have joined this afternoon to join this special program. So you are all welcome. And uh, I also want us to know that uh, we are also live on YouTube. And we are also live on Facebook. And for those of us that are joining on YouTube and Facebook, we want to appreciate you. We welcome you to this special program, the first series of program I'll be having. And um, I will, before we proceed, I will appreciate for those of us, if we can, to see our beautiful faces, you know, uh, so that we can all see ourselves together. So if it's possible, I mean, it's convenient for you, feel free to, uh, um, to show your videos so that we can see you and God will bless us in Jesus' name. So in a short while, our guest minister will be joining us. Someone that some of us are very doing very well will be joining us shortly. Go to that. I just want us to just have a brief word of prayers and also to let us know the reason why we are here. Um, this is a teaching series, uh, it's Kingdom Life Seminars and the Institute Toronto, and will be uh, it's going to be a series of teachings. And I'm sure we all know that. Uh, the church is under tremendous attack, and but we know that the gate of hell cannot prevail against the church. And I will know that we're currently waging serious war against families, and that is the reason why, uh, the reason why this. Bedrock of community and Christ. And I pray that you might be very married. So, if you look at this, I think that this day, many stories that we are going to see. So, I want to also invite my friend. So that we can uh, all be part of this program. So before we go ahead, I just want to have a brief word of prayers. And uh, Holy Father, we want to thank you. We want to appreciate you this afternoon. We want to give you praise, glory, honor, and adoration for this special day that you have made, which is great indeed in our sight. I want to thank you for various homes and various marriages that is represented here. I want to thank you, oh God, for this wonderful program. We want to appreciate you. Lord, receive our thanks in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, even as we are commencing this program, oh God, the Bible says the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding unto the simple. Lord, even as we look into your words and your purpose for marriage, Lord, we ask, oh God, you open our eyes of understanding, oh God, that we empty ourselves of everything that we think we know so that we can learn from you at the table. Just like you told Mary Yamacha that Mary has found that great thing and nobody will be able to take it away from her. Lord, we ask, oh God, that even after you have come, oh God, to learn across the waves on your, at your feet, oh God, 
that you indeed teach us. You will open our eyes of understanding. You will reveal yourself to us in the mighty name of Jesus so that our homes and our families will be better for it and your church at large will be better for it. In the precious name of Jesus, we commit the uh, Father and the Lord that will be teaching us, oh God, we ask, oh God, for auction from above for him in the precious name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We appreciate you. Blessed be your name, oh God. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I know we are muted. Just like I said earlier on, please uh, feel free if you are within the area where you can uh, play your video, please feel free so that the guest minister can see you, can know that somebody is there and that it's not just a uh, ordinary computer that he's talking with. And the Lord will help us in the precious name of Jesus. So I want Amen. to welcome our pastor, Pastor Ken Egede. Amen. Praise, praise, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I, I guess what we have decided to do, and I want to welcome everyone. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, what we have decided to do uh, right now is to put everybody on mute uh, so that we avoid any distraction. But I want to encourage you, just in case you happen to be on mute, uh, your, your mute has been taken off, please ensure that there are no background uh, distractions. Uh, it's a lot better you are on mute. So please just emphasize, we want to emphasize that when we get to the questions and answers session, we would uh, encourage, we'll try and ensure that uh, we unmute un you so that you can ask your questions or uh, most of the questions will be communicated via chat and uh, will be sent to Pastor John or Lainka. Uh, especially if it's something private, you want to send it to Pastor John or Lainka directly. If it's not uh, something private, you want to communicate with everybody uh, so that we can all be able to learn from each other. Uh, we want to thank God for this opportunity. Uh, as we talk, uh, tell ourselves in the, in the church, Jesus House Toronto, we know we have been called, or we have been deployed to minister to the world. And this is yet another opportunity for us to minister to the world. And the ministry that we are doing is not just uh, one for the pastor. Every one of us have been called to minister to the world. And as we participate, uh, the Lord will use us to be able to be a blessing unto others in Jesus' name. There's a scripture in uh, Colossians 4:17. It says, And say unto Archippus, Take heed of the ministry that you have received of the Lord, that you may fulfill it. Uh, the ministry that we have received of the Lord is something that we must fulfill, but for us to fulfill it, we have to be in His presence. We have to be in His purpose. We have to be in line with His principles. And most especially, we have to ensure that we are connected to the divine partner that God has given unto us. And that's why we have uh, this... Uh, uh, series, marriage teaching series that would uh, be starting today. Uh, it has been going on for a while across the globe, but we thank God for the opportunity to be part of it. And uh, we are starting this and we are trusting God that it will be a continuous series because we know that there's so much that we want to learn so that we have the right foundations. And when the winds, the storm, the rains come, we would remain standing. So this is the whole, the whole purpose of this is to be able to, uh, the man of God will be 
teaching so that we know how to be in his presence, especially with respect to marriage and family, because it's all part of the same thing. Uh, how to abide with his uh, principles, be in his purpose, and ensure that the, the, the spouse of our youth, uh, we're able to ensure that we not only connect, but we remain connected in the mighty name of Jesus. I want to thank God for Dr. Oke Onuzo. He's someone that is uh, very dear to us, uh, personally to me. Uh, I consider him a father. Uh, he has, uh, God has used him uh, in so many ways to be a blessing unto me and my family. And uh, it started with his sharing a message. And I gave my life to Christ uh, sometime in December 25th, uh, 1993. And I thank God for that. And I thank God God over the years has always reconnected me with him. And I thank God for the ministry that God has put laid upon him and put in his hands. And I believe that uh, this ministry will continue to be a blessing unto many. And uh, we have a privilege of being here and a privilege of having him join us all the way from Nigeria. Uh, Dr. Oke Onuzo is uh, the uh, president of uh, Kingdom Life uh, seminar and uh, he uses this to raise up believers and at the same time raise up believers uh, to ensure that they appreciate the Institute of Marriage. Uh, he has several books and uh, one of the book is with respect to between love and submission and that is really important and there's another book I believe that you would also love it's uh, uh, it's about uh, uh, our conversational prayer and uh, these books are available on YouTube we'll talk more about that but I would uh, without much to, uh, to say it right now I would uh, like to hand over to uh, Dr. Oke Onuzo who is also an associate pastor of uh, the national headquarters of the Foursquare Four Gospel Church in Nigeria uh, we have him in our midst and uh, I uh, would encourage you to open your ears to hear, open your heart to, uh, to receive, and open your eyes to see what God wants to do in your life and in your family. So God bless you mightily, and the Lord be with us. The Lord ensure that our gathering shall not be in vain in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Doctor, I would like you to join us. God bless you mightily. And thank okay. you very, very much for being with us. Thank you very much, Pastor Ken, for um, that introduction. We give God all the glory. And I'd like to welcome everyone who has joined us from whatever part of the world you're joining us from. And um, our prayer is that the Holy Spirit himself, who is our teacher, it will touch all our lives individually and bring us into that place where we become instruments for peace and harmony in our homes. Shall we bow our heads to pray? King of kings, Lord of lords, we surrender to you this hour. We yield to you. We submit to the authority of your spirit that Jesus may be revealed in us and through us so that we will love and be loved 
just the way the Father has desired. To the end that the kingdom of our God will prosper in our lives. And the world will see Jesus in us and through us. Thank you for hearing us, O Lord, O God. For it is in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, now I am going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 2 from verses 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he, verse 15 says, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Again, we read from 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I'm of Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? Marriage, marriage is between two people, between two people. And it is the burden of making the marriage work. It's on them. There's no magic to it. Nobody waves a wand in the air and then they have a happy marriage. Oh, no. Love is serious hard work. Serious hard work. And those who have found love consistently, they know how hard they have had to work to make it possible. And that's why I want us to begin here today on talking about ourselves. What kind of human beings are, are we? You know, coming into this to make a marriage work, what kind of human beings are we? The Bible says in the church, you can only have three types of human beings in the church. The first, of course, the natural man, the natural man, okay? The next is the spiritual man. And in between the natural man and the spiritual man is the carnal man, okay? Every Christian is called to be a spiritual man. And it is the spiritual man that has the capacity to produce 
sustain genuine love. He has the mind of Christ. So if he, if he doesn't have the mind of Christ, it would be a, a just wishful thinking. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, the Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Verse 25. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Now, I would like us to trace the stages in the life of a Christian, okay? When we are born again, the Bible says we become newborn babies, newborn babies, okay? This newborn baby is born in John chapter 1 from verses 11 to 13. He came to his own. His own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God, born of God. Now, you know that there is resemblance in families, whether it is features or character. I once met a young man that um, every time, every time, you know, he wants to say, do something, he will pull up his trousers and touch his nose. But I knew his father. <laughs> I knew his father. And when I saw him do that, I said to him, you are the son of your father. You know, so you see, if we are born of God, by implication, something of God must be seen in us. Something of the nature and character of God. You see, nobody produces love and harmony by magic. Mm -mm. It is by the nature that we have that we can work to produce that. The greatest need of a newborn baby the Bible says is for spiritual food. First Peter 2 verse 1 says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word of God, that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, if you have received the grace of God, if you have received the salvation, that Jesus brought, then desire, desire. The word is desire. 
You know, a lot of people think that you grow, you know, by wishful thinking. No, desire, that means you're going to go after it. You're going to go after it. So that you understand, you see, you cannot come into a spiritual life and then you don't understand how it works. You know, everybody who has been born again needs to study the word. The food or milk for this spiritual growth is the word of God. Given for doctrine, like the Bible tells us. Doctrine means this is what we believe. Reproof, when we get it wrong, you see? And this is where the, the whole seed of Haman is sown. You see, if the word of God condemns what I'm doing, and I'm a child of God, oh yes, I have to submit to the authority of the word of God over my life, okay? And you see, when two people who are born again, <clears throat> who are children of God, submit to the authority of the word of God, oh yes. So if I say to you, oh no, 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 the, 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 this thing you are doing, let's go to this chapter and this verse, you see that the Bible condemns it. And so when I see something that I'm doing, that the Bible condemns, automatically, I submit to the authority of the word of God over my life. That is how harmony is achieved. There's no magic. You know, he said for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteous living. That's, it's not, I don't know everything. I don't know many things. So as I study the word of God, I get instruction in how to produce harmony. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not by wishful thinking. No, I'm instructed on how to produce peace, love, peace, and joy, and harmony in the home. Okay? So, and that's what uh, the Apostle Paul was saying to Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 16. All scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly, may be complete, thoroughly furnished for every good work. That's why a man that is instructed in the word of God, a man that is taught in the principles of godliness, oh yes, he can produce love, joy, and peace. You know, because he understands that if he follows the teachings in the word of God, he will, at the end of that road, there will be love, joy, peace, and harmony. So, correction and instruction in righteousness. These are the main food of the young Christian. You know, everybody is corrected by the word of God, instructed. As challenges come their way, they use the word of God to find out how Christians behave in such situations. You know, they don't, they don't uh, imagine it themselves. They don't um, um, figure it out and, and, and share opinions of men. No, the word of God is their guide. So let us um, um, look at these dimensions because the whole idea is when I can situate myself in the spectrum, that the word of God gives us, then I know where to make changes, you see? And immediately I begin to make those changes. The Holy Spirit comes down because obedience draws down the power for change. There's no magic. Now, who is the immature or the carnal Christian? You know, he's Christian because he believes in our Lord Jesus Christ, but he's immature, he's carnal. This is the person who has not been able to distinguish 
right from wrong. You know, you go in council and you're saying to somebody, this is what the Bible says, oh, put that thing aside. Let us face this reality. I said, oh, what, what, what greater reality is there than the word of God? So the immature or the carnal Christian, okay, he cannot distinguish right from wrong. The tragedy of many in the church is that although they have been in church for a long time, they have failed to grow and mature, as we are told in Hebrews chapter 5. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you still need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. You have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the work, in the word of righteousness. They don't understand the principles of godliness. For you say, baby, but solid food, you see, solid food belongs to those who are of full age, the mature. That is those who by reason of use, through exercise and experience, they have their senses thoroughly exercised. And what is it for? To discern, distinguish good from evil. So if you find yourself, I find myself in a certain situation, and I'm able to say, no, we're headed in the wrong direction, because this is what the Bible says on this matter. But if I'm not able to do that, then I don't bring the, the unbending word of God that is able to straighten us, adjust us, so that we can see Love, joy, and peace in our relationship. There's no magic. Now, how do we know people who are not growing in the church? How can we identify, even us, that, oh, I don't think I'm growing. I don't think I'm growing. The Bible says they still need milk instead of solid food. They still cannot tell right from wrong. For a Christian, in a given situation, they cannot say, this is what the Bible is, is saying. Okay? Because their minds have not been renewed. Their minds have not been renewed by the word of God. You see this all the time. Well, in our village, in our, where I come from, you know, I say, where, what, what is all this talk about where you come from? We, are, we come from the Bible. You know, we have, we have a culture in the word of God. You know? So, so it's not about where I come from, what we do in our house. No, what the word of God says we should be doing. It's, a, it's an entire culture by itself. And so when you find people that they cannot embrace what the word of God is saying on their matter, then they're, they're, they're immature. They're immature. And a lot of times they're thick kind in the flesh because they have, they, 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 they're, they're postulating their own theories and concepts. Instead of submitting to the word of God. That's why, that's why um, uh, uh, James said in his, in his letter that only the doers of the word of God are blessed. Yes. They want God to come with favors, with blessings, with, with, uh, with uh, stability. Ah, they have to be doers of the word of God. That's what the Bible says. Now, these immature Christians, they constitute the bulk of the carnal Christians in church. You know, when a Christian is mature, he can tell right from wrong and understands faith and love in our walk with God and man. Oh, yes. You know, ah, you married somebody. You didn't grow up with them. 
you believe God that this is the, the person that God has um, uh, 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 joined you with and that together you will travel this highway and, and produce love, joy, peace, and harmony to inspire the world around you. You believe that. But not just that you believe that. You are ready to trust God to give you the grace to make it work. To make it work. You know, nobody is going to make it work for you. You and your spouse, you are the ones going to make it work. And the only way to get it to work is to submit to the principles of godliness and the word of God. And when both of you submit to it, you make a discovery that you have found love, joy, and peace. The immature Christians are kind of, as the Bible states, jealousy, envy, quarrels, divisions, unforgiveness, sexual immorality, all kinds of vices. You know, when, when you see, when you see uh, 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 incidents of uh, verbal abuse, uh, 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 um, all kinds of things that go on, you know, denial of sex, so many things that go on to create frustrations in homes, you know, you know that they're not submitted to the word of God. You know, for those who are submitted to the word of God, they will search out the scriptures, find out what the scriptures say about those areas of their lives where they have issues, and then submit to it. And then they see that the favor of God, the blessing of God has come upon them because they're submitted to the authority of the word of God. There's no magic. I keep repeating that. There's no magic. The minds of the carnal are not renewed to enable them tell what is that good, like the Bible says, what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You know, in every situation, he said, do not be conformed. Romans 12, two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. You see, change your ideas, change your opinions from the word of God, you know, so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Now, because the carnal man, his mind is not renewed, the carnal man will resist. Yes, they resist the word of God. When you're telling them what the word of God is saying, they're telling you what they're thinking. I said, uh -uh. they gave us the word of God to stabilize our lives. And when we are submitted to the authority of the word of God, favor, all kinds of blessings come from God. Because his mind is not renewed, he will resist the word of God and refuse to yield in obedience to what he teaches. You know, because when you are telling them what the word of God says, they're telling you what they think. Sometimes all he does is to seek advantage with the word of God. You know, I did a marriage seminar once and I was teaching on um, 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 Wives submit to husbands, but that submission is inspired by love. Okay, that that's the way Jesus taught it. We will come to that at some stage. You know, that submission is inspired by love. And then a, a lady goes home and he says to the husband, I hope you heard what the doctor said. You see, if you want, if you want uh, um, submission, you have to inspire me by love. You know, so you see, that's what the carnal mind does. You see, when he's listening to a seminar like this, he's looking for points to use, you know, at home to, to gain advantage. 
No, that is not the purpose. The purpose is to tell us what the Bible expects from us. And as, as children of God who are submitted to him in love, we embrace what the word teaches and do our part. Whether the other person is doing their part or not, you know, it's like a, a lady. I said, you need to give your life to Christ. He said, go and talk to my husband. You know, because you see, when you give your life to Christ, you're obedient, you're doing all this. But if my husband is not with, with me on that, I can't do it. He'll be cheating me. He'll be cheating me. You know? And that's the way some people feel. Oh, I can't really do what God wants because uh, my spouse is not, is not also on the same wavelength. And every time I try to do what the Bible teaches, he takes advantage of it. And that's what kind of people do. They take advantage of other people's obedience. So the kind of man is a believer because he professes that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, but he's very much immature because he does not realize that the only way to be Christian is to be obedient to God and submitted to his word. Now let us talk about the natural man in church. We can call them observers in church. Some of them are just there as observers. They observe, but do not imbibe anything they hear. They have not given their lives to Christ and so have not yet been born again. The natural man is dead in sin. In other words, when he sins, he doesn't feel anything. You know, he thinks he's uh, normal. You know, sex is enjoyment. You know, all kinds of evils has various names that uh, make them acceptable to him. They have not given their lives to Christ. Yes, the natural man is dead in sin because he does not see anything wrong in sinning. He's in church often drawn by family faith. I've seen, I've seen several of those people. They go to church because that's the family tradition. Okay. Or simply, they come out of curiosity. Now, this natural man, therefore, cannot understand Christian values, Christian principles that govern the life of a spiritual man. They cannot understand it. It's jargon. Sin is his second nature, and often without a pinch of conscience, because he is dead in sin. You know, there are two kinds of death. It's either you are dead in sin. In other words, when you sin, it's normal for you. Or you are dead to sin. In other words, you are repulsed by what is bad, you know. You, 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 you feel it when you do something wrong. But not the natural man. Okay? So the natural man is an unbeliever, even though he may be in church. Okay, let us go to the spiritual man. This is the true believer who is seeking. His desire is to be conformed into the image of Christ as revealed in Romans 8.29, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, this he also called, whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. The spiritual man is daily beholding the life of Christ, in order to become like him, as we are told in 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all with unveiled face, you know, 
beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, let me, let me just uh, explain what that means. You see, if I lack humility, that's how we behold Jesus. If I lack humility, then I go into the word of God and look at the humility of Christ. And the more I meditate on the humility of Christ, the more I am transformed into the same image. That's how we focus on him. So we behold him, you know, and so that when, when I see how far he went, his condescension, the fact that he suspended the, the privileges of deity to, to, to accept the limitations of humanity so that he can show us love. You see, he can, he can relinquish the privileges of deity for the limitations of humanity so that he can show us love. And so when, when I read that, that condescension in the word of God, then I can see that I need to also do the same in order to show love to the people around me, you know. And that's how we, we, we are, our lives are transformed. When I want to look at his uh, 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 servant spirit, you know, because Jesus was the only one who taught us that when you love people, you serve them. You serve them. In the world, when you love people, they serve you. You know, but Jesus turned it around. He said, no, if you want to, if you want to really lead us here in showing the love of God to the world, <clears throat> you should be the servant. So when I continue to behold him, that's how my life is transformed, you know, and my life is transformed no matter how people around me are responding. No, you see, I cannot wait for them to become a spiritual person. No, I have to become a spiritual person so that now my life can inspire them to also become spiritual. He understands, the natural, the spiritual man understands the maturation process, okay? He knows that he has to grow. You know, you cannot remain at the same level of knowledge, at the same level of understanding, at the same level of uh, revelation of Jesus. Okay. And, and, and he understands that, yes, I can't I can be static. In fact, I preached a message once in my church. Nobody is static. It's either you're going up or you're going down. You cannot remain. Nobody remains in the same place. This is the world we live in. That is why he understand scriptures like Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20. But you have not so learned Christ. Yes, he knows that people learn Christ, you know. And so when you learn about Christ, you take it home and apply it. That The, the home is your practical, you know. You, you, you learn the theory from the word of God. Your home is the practical, okay. Say, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. And what have you learned that you put off concerning your former conduct, the things that you have to get rid of? The old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, deceitful lusts, you know, have to get rid of them. And so you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And you put on the new man, which was created according to God 
Now listen, in true righteousness and holiness, that is it. You see, that if I'm going to be a spiritual man, you know, a Christian who is a spiritual man, my mind has to be renewed so that I start thinking holy, righteous, just the way Jesus was. Nobody attends to this reflexly. No, they attend to it by choice, deliberate choice. I need to live the life to which I was called to live. You will also have to put on the ways of this new life in Christ. As a man puts on clean clothes, you know, you remove the old, fill the ways. That's why you see, sometimes you are so surprised. Somebody, somebody will tell you, say, oh, you know, I have a, I have a hot temper. It's okay. So how long have you been a Christian? You say, oh, maybe 10 years. I say, ah, what is the meaning of that? You know, you, 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 you have hot temper, but you have been a Christian for 10 years and you still have the hot temper. What is the meaning of that? Are you implying that Jesus doesn't change people? Haven't you been beholding him that you are still what you were as an unbeliever? It doesn't make any sense. That means the man is not growing. He's not growing. Because you see, when you become a Christian, the, 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 the teaching is that old things are passed away and all things have become new. And that's why you see, the spiritual man, no, he cannot, he cannot have hot temper. And after 10 years of following Jesus, he still has hot temper. It doesn't make any sense. It does not make any sense at all. You know, perhaps the best you can say of what he has is just mere religion. Mere religion. Now, let us now look at the, the natural man, the carnal man, and the spiritual man in a marriage relationship. Because that's really the crux of the matter. You know, the natural man, the carnal man, and the spiritual man in a marriage relationship. Harmony. What are they seeking for? Harmony, joy, peace, love. It's a true, it's a true reflection of spiritual maturity. There's no magic to it. It's a true reflection of spiritual maturity. If you are not spiritually mature, then all kinds of chaos will be, will be going on. You know, if a Christian is married to an unbeliever, one may not have much expectations of the unbeliever because he or she is dead in sin. They talk anyhow, they behave anyhow, they do as they like, they retaliate, no forgiveness. This is just it, chaos. Because, because they're unbelievers. They're not controlled by the word of God. He does not recognize the authority. The unbeliever does not recognize the authority of the word of God over his life. So you cannot call him and say, let's study Colossians, let's study Ephesians, let's study uh, Genesis, let's study so that we can gain wisdom, you know, can gain knowledge and wisdom. Now, if two carnal Christians marry, then expect the manifestations of diverse kinds of carnalities that lead to all forms of abuse, anger, lack of self-control, pride, unforgiveness, quarrels that lead sometimes to physical and verbal abuse because they're carnal, they're carnal. They don't understand that, that, that 
if you're if you're a Christian, you have to be spiritual. And the Bible says the spiritual man, you cannot fault him because he has the mind of Christ. You know, you cannot fault him. So you see, when you get into a situation where there are all of this, you know the people are carnal. You know, there is no need to, 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 to gainsay it or, or to, to be nice about it. No, they're carnal. They're carnal. That's why all this confusion is in their relationship. Okay? Sometimes carnal Christians behave like stark unbelievers. I'm telling you. You know, they behave like stark unbelievers. You, you know, you, 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 you hear, you know, when they have misunderstanding, you hear what comes out of their mouth. No, you said no. This reason. I think your blunt is not much. You have to put together. Please, can you, can you just meet the person? Ask I Okay. So, so the, the sort of things they say, they reveal that they, 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 they are, they are carnal, stuck on believers. Because, because the words, you know, that's why the Bible says in, in Ephesians, let, the, let no corrupt word proceed from your mouth, Ephesians 4.29. And then in, in Colossians 4.6, it says, let your words be seasoned with salt, that it may be a blessing, a defy, Everyone that hears it. And somebody is just talking anyhow. You know, no, 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 then something is wrong. They have not even left from where they started. They're still where they started. Sometimes Catholic Christians behave like stark unbelievers, but they recognize the word of God, but not the power it has over our lives to change us. That's what 2 Timothy 3.5 is all about. Second Timothy 3.5 says, they will go to church. Yes, this is the living Bible. But they won't really believe anything they hear there. That is it. They go to church. But everything you're saying, mm -mm, they're not even listening. They're not listening. You know, they've completed the uh, Sunday service and then they're gone home. But to imbibe the word of God, sit down and say, I'm not living right in this area, you know. I'm not living right in this area. I need to make changes. They don't do that. They don't do that. So the Bible says, they will go to church, yes, but they won't really believe anything they hear. Don't be taken in by people like that. Yes. Don't be taken in by people like that. It's all, it's all hot air. No reality. No, no real life transformation. Another translation calls it having a form of godliness, but denying the power to change their lives. How can somebody be in church for 10 years? They are not changed. You know, that, that's, that's un unimaginable. So what, what is the church for? Now, the spiritual man, on the other hand, recognizes and submits to the authority of the word of God. He is ruled by wisdom from heaven. Pete James talked about in James chapter 3, verse 17. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving. That is it. That's how you recognize them. The peace-loving. They don't like all these quarrels and fights and no, 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 no. You know, it's gentle at all times. You know, that meekness. And willing to yield to others. 
Oh yes, he, if he if he's wrong, he's, he's, he's ready to concede that yes, yes, I really got it wrong. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere, always sincere. You can trust what they say. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness, okay? So it is important that you and I, you know, look into this mirror and say, okay, now, am I natural? Am I carnal in my relationship? Or am I spiritual? You see, it's a self-assessment. You know, nobody can do that for you. You know, am I a natural uh, church member? I can't call them Christians. Or am I a carnal Christian, worldly, you know, values, worldly? Or am I a spiritual man or woman? I follow the word of God. I obey God in my life. So everybody has to look at where they are in their relationship to make these fundamental judgments so you know exactly how to begin to make changes. Because peace, harmony, love, joy, they're products of what we do. They don't just happen, no. So, so um, um, we have a saying in our place, and that saying is that it is not everything the eye sees that the mouth talks about. That's a way. The Holy Spirit used that for me. He will, he, when I get into a situation, my own family, and then I'm thinking of um, what to say, then the Holy Spirit will whisper to me. He said to me, this thing you want to say, will it help or hinder? I say, no, I don't think it will help. Eh? So he says to me, so why do you want to say it? When you know it will not help. Only say things that will help, not things that will hinder. You know, you know that if you say it now, there will be confusion here. There will be all kinds of reactions and responses. So why, why on earth would you say such a thing when you know the outcome? And, and, and that is it. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. Because the spiritual man and the spirit are in direct communion. They, 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 they get instruction. They're under control. They're led in everything. And so you're, you're always checking with the Holy Spirit to be sure that you don't add to the problem but that you always are part of the solution in every situation, okay? So when our Lord Jesus Christ told his disciples, I want you to look at this because this is very interesting. When our Lord Jesus Christ told his disciples that one of them will betray him, the disciples showed great maturity, okay? They showed great maturity by asking Jesus, Lord, is it I? You know, the carnal man will say, well, I know all these things you're saying, I know it's my, it's my husband, it's my wife, you know. You see, the carnal man is looking at the, uh, another, but the spiritual man is looking at himself. So Matthew 26, 20, the Bible says, when evening had come, he sat down with the 12. Now, as they were eating, he said, assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. And each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? 
You know, why are they saying that? The Bible, the Bible David said in Psalm 19, who can understand all his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Everyone was like, I hope it's not new. I hope that conversation I had with the scribe the other day, I hope that is not what he's talking about. I hope that uh, uh, man I visited and, and we had church, I hope that's not what it is because he knows everything. You know, they were worried about themselves. And that's the way it should be. You know, when I hear a, 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 a message on carnality, a message on spirituality, a message on the natural man, I don't begin to say, well, I think it's, I know where my spouse is. <laughs> Absolutely not. You know, the question I need to ask is, where am I in all this? You know, am I spiritual? Or am I carnal? When I look into these prisons, I'm not looking to see where my spouse fits in. I should be looking to see where I fit in. Okay. In other words, am I a natural, carnal, or spiritual Christian? Now, I will go briefly to between love and submission and these three people in church, the natural, the carnal, and the spiritual. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 says, submitting to one another, okay, in the fear of God. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, and also Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the world. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands, okay, in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see to it that she respects her husband. The natural man, he will reject these teachings of the Bible, okay? And prefer to be traditional, okay? I was speaking to a lady who was about to get married. So I asked, I said, are you attending intending couples classes? He said, yes, we're attending, in, I'm attending in my church. I said, I see. So what have you been learning there? She said, well, um, um, the other day, uh, the pastor was talking to us about submission. I said, what did he say? He said he called one of the girls. He sat on the table and called one of the girls to come and uh, uh, squash, uh, squat under the, under the table. Then he said to us, you see the way I'm sitting on top of this table and the girl is on that. That is the way a man sits on top of his wife. I said, really? <laughs> I said, did he give you chapter and verse? <laughs> you know, did he give you chapter and verse? Or is it his culture or tradition, his preaching? 
you know? So you see, a lot of people are natural. They're not looking at the word of God. He will shout, the natural man will shout, bully, abuse, and oppress his spouse according to his whims and caprices. You see? The canal man, he will pick and choose, okay? Whichever serves his purpose is the best, you know? So, so uh, um, you'll be looking at it, you know, how to manipulate the word of God to advantage. He will be traditional when it suits him or her, and then he'll be biblical when it favors him or her. That is it. So they're, not, they're not really talking about obeying the word of God. They're talking about using the word of God to advantage. And that's exactly what um, uh, 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 many people do. Uh, a young man many years ago, he, he was going to marry a lady. So he, he called, I don't know what he was discussing with his fiance, and, and the, the lady wasn't agreeing. So he called, he took her to, 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 to a spot, you know, somewhere in, in, in the university then, and then brought out this scripture, say, listen, listen, can you read it? Wife, submit to your own husband. Can you read it? <laughs> but you see, if we are to uh, 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 follow the word of God, you will know that um, we're all Christians. We came to Christ, but not by coercion. No. We're following a man, not by coercion, but by his own love that drew us to himself. You know. And so when we want to build a Christian home, we know that we have to inspire the people by our love, by our sacrificial, self-sacrificing love. Okay? So a lot of times, a lot of times, you know, we're going to, um, uh, as the pastor has said, we're going to look at these things in detail, but this is just a general overview <clears throat> so that you and I can begin to really make changes and say, say to myself, okay, now I see what the problem is. You know, everybody's doing what they feel, what they like. What No, let us center the conduct of our relationship on the truths and principles in the word of God. And then we can achieve harmony and peace. So we see immediately, we see immediately how this issue of not finding joy and peace in a relationship goes back to the choice, okay? To the choice to marry the natural uh, uh, man. Now, now, natural man is generic, you know, or a, a, a spouse who is natural. You know, but let's use natural man. If you married a natural man, then you, you, you shouldn't be surprised. You know, if, if um, um, confusion is always there, you know, I, I, I was in a church and the pastor uh, told me about, um, about uh, a man in church that was always beating his wife. I said, ah, that's madness. You know, was the father beating her like that before you married her? So the father preserved her and trained her for you to come and be beating her. So I told the pastor, no, you cannot leave that girl. She can, they can kill her in that relationship. Let us have a halfway house for temporary separation so that we can look into this thing more uh, 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 properly. If the, 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 a man has an anger problem, he has to go for some counseling and treatment, you know, or whatever needs to be done. 
until you know he 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 shows that um, uh, um, he can really uh, marry a wife. So as first, as soon as they did that, he went and married another girl. Just went and carried another girl, and then started living with her. I said, so you see, he's a natural man in church. He is not ready to submit to the authority of the word of God. You know. So as soon as you try to make him see that the necessity to follow the word of God, off he goes, because he's a natural man, and takes another girl. So, you see, these are the, so, 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 it's not because somebody is coming to church. That's why you can say, oh, yes, I should marry this person. No, you have to be sure that they really have given their lives to Christ. You really have to be sure about that. What is the testimony of that conversion? You know, what are the things they can notably say have changed in their lives. You know, you have to convince yourself that this man is genuinely Christian and is ready to follow Christ. Okay? So, so uh, the carnal man, you know, um, um, two carnal people, they can, they can marry, you know, and that's why you see, you come into some relationships, two carnal people, you know. The, 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 you are there, they are talking and abusing each other, and you say, look, listen, they say, no, you don't understand. You don't. So what don't I understand? <laughs> you know, that the fruit of the spirit is self-control. Is that what I don't understand? You know, that, that uh, love, uh, the, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness. Is that what I don't understand? You know, because you see, they don't, they don't understand that the word of God should rule. The Bible said, let the word of God rule in your heart. They don't understand that. Canal people don't understand that. That's why sometimes counseling with canal people is a frustration. It's a frustration because they just are not ready to follow the word of God. So it is not then about, about, um, about the, 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 the person you know, you're, you're married to. That, 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 they're not the source of the problem. No, you have to see yourself as the source of the problem. Because you see, if a, a, if a, a, a man becomes spiritual in a carnal, 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 carnal relationship, then that person will be the light, you know, in, the, in this situation of darkness. That is it. Somebody, you know, who has given their life to Christ needs to learn that we are to be light. You know, you cannot have a, play, a situation where there's so much darkness, there's so much confusion. Nobody is light. Ah, it, it's unbelievable. Nobody is saying, no, no, this is not the way Christians should behave. This is not what Christ has taught us. This is not the way I have learned Christ. When you don't have anybody saying that, it's, it's a terrible frustration. Because they're not following the word of God, they're following themselves. And we are to grow in church, men and women who genuinely love Christ and are loyal to him. You see, it's not it's because they come to church, sing and dance, come at to prayer meetings. No, but when the chips come down, they will not follow what the Bible is saying in their lives. They will not follow these teachings of the word of God. A man came to one of our seminars and he told, um, he told me that uh, his wife committed adultery three times in church. And there was a young man that was always seducing her. Okay. So the wife said that she has 
she has apologized to him that he was a young man in the church that was always doing that to her. But I tell, but he had beat, he had beat the daylights out of the girl. Her face was all swollen. So I said to him that uh, beating the girl is not a solution. It is not a solution. So either you are ready to forgive her or you are not ready to forgive her. Okay. But that the way to, to restore this relationship, you have already suffered in whatever humiliation and pain you suffered because of that, this immorality. But if you forgive her, okay, then you will bring hope to this relationship. And then you will not waste your pain. You will not waste your pain. But if you don't forgive her, you'll be doing what everybody expects you to do. You know, send her away and then go and find yourself another girl. He thought it over. He said to me that I'll forgive her. I said, but don't beat her again. See, because if you forgive her, it's as if she hasn't done anything wrong. That's the Christian forgiveness. So he accepted it and took his wife home, you know, and we, I, we, I never heard from them again, but I presume that they have begun to sort themselves out. That is it, you know, say, forgive me, say yes, yes, forgive her. And she, he did. And they went home together. You know, I've done, I've seen that before. It's not the first time I've seen that before. You know, the man forgave also, you know. But what a lot of the ladies say to me is that, uh, is it, this is uh, an oddity, a man whose wife is committing adultery. The more in general is the, the, the men that are committing adultery in church, you know, they are married, but they're committing adultery in church, you know. And then, and then like a lady, a lady said to me once, he said, uh, I went and told the elders in our church that my husband is committing adultery, you know. So they were telling me that uh, if you are in Nigeria, will you be saying such a thing? Men commit adultery. I said, really? <laughs> you know, I found that uh, kind of talk outrageous. It's not about where you come from. or look. The word of God is universal in application for every Christian, no matter your nationality. You know, so, so you cannot be saying, oh, in Nigeria, men commit adultery. Their wives are, are taught not to say anything. You know, if you go to your mother, we say, ah, um, uh, Shebi still comes to me, say, Shebi still cooks, eats your food. Say, ah, let's forget, they all do it. So, not in church, not in church, not in church. Absolutely not. These are carnal people, you know, or even stuck on believers. So, this is, this is really the fundamental lesson of this that I need to judge what kind of man I am. Now, to bring this to close now, I, I want to show you about Moses, you know, you know, the sort of man he was that made Jethro to say to his daughters, oh, go find that man. Go find him. This is the type of son-in-law I want. Exodus chapter 2, verse 16, the Bible says, now the priests of Midian had seven daughters. They came and drew water, and they filled the troughs to water their father's flock. Then the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. When they came to Ruel, their father, he said, how is it that you have come so soon today? And they said, an Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds. And he also drew enough water for us and watered the flock. So 
Their father said to his daughters, and where is the man? Where is he? Why is it that you have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. Then Moses was content to live with the man. And he gave Zipporah, his daughter, to Moses. And she bore him a son. And he called his name Geshem. For he said, I've been a stranger in a foreign land. Now, it is about Moses being a spiritual man who knows that women are the weaker vessel. That's what the Bible said. Women are the weaker vessel. First Peter 3, 7. Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Moses knew that he who loves his wife loves himself. Ephesians 5, 28 to 29. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. So Jethro, Jethro was so impressed by Moses that he had no hesitation securing him as a son-in-law. You see what he said? So where is, the, where, where is the man? You left him? No, quickly. Go and call him. Tell him that we have food and shelter for him. You know, that is it. So you see a spiritual man. You see a man that knows how to uh, treat ladies, take care of them. And you know, your, their fathers have been taking care of them until you married them. So you take over from their father. They, they, they know that. They know that. Okay. But it's not only about men, you know, it's also about women. Rebecca, he, she didn't know that Eliezer was looking for a wife. He did, she didn't know. She didn't know. Genesis 24, 12. Then he said, oh, Lord God of my master, Abraham, please give me success this day. Show kindness to my master, Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water. and The daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one, let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master, Abraham. And it happened before he had finished speaking. that behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nehor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin. No man had known her. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, please, let me drink a little water from your pitcher. So she said, drink, my Lord. Then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. And the man wondering at her remained silent, so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. Now, Rebecca, without knowing the man, was in search of a wife for a richly endowed husband like Isaac. Rebecca showed great grace great humility, great servant spirit in a marvelous way that blew the man away. 
the servant was so impressed that he wasted no time at all in securing her for Isaac. That is it. So instead of me complaining that there is no love and joy and happiness in this, my marriage, I should be saying, what can I do, Lord? Teach me how to be spiritual so that I can be the center of love in this family. A lady said to me once after a seminar like this, you know, she came back weeks later and said to me, doctor, everybody in my house now is they're happy. Everybody's happy. Every one of them is happy. But doctor, it's at my expense. I said, that is it. So she realized that somebody has to produce this joy and happiness for everybody to enjoy. You know, that you don't, you don't just behave anyhow, talk anyhow, do, act anyhow, and then there'll be love, joy, and peace. Uh, uh. That is what we call romanticism. People who are out of touch with reality. You know, they're romantics, wishful thinkers. I pray that the Holy Spirit will position each one of us to become the instruments of love, joy, and peace in our homes. To the glory of God. Amen. Pastor I'm John. Done. Thank you so much, Doctor. Uh, thank you so much for those insightful words uh, about natural man, carnal man, and spiritual man. Now, we want to take some questions now. I'm sure some of us have been taking some notes as well. So, please, if you have questions, Please feel free to unmute yourself, and I'm sure doctor will be willing to take as many questions as possible. So please, if you have questions, you can electronically raise up your hands, then unmute yourself, and then ask a question. And if you'd like to ask your question privately, you can chat me privately, and then I will read the questions on your behalf. So if you want to Ask the question, please feel free to ask questions right now. I believe we have uh, Bukala Smith raising her hand. Okay. All right. Can I you are please feel free to unmute and then ask your question call us meet so when you say in the family um you be the one to bring joy create the um you know what would bring joy and happiness in the family i do agree and all that, but at one's expense. Mm. I'm wondering, you know, if you could just clarify a little bit, sir. Okay. Yes, it's um, it's it's, it's this whole concept that God has to use somebody. Okay. So let us say there's a misunderstanding. Okay. Um, my, my wife doesn't want to apologize. I don't want to apologize. So the relationship is strained. 
because everybody's angry. And then the spirit comes to me and says, they are the head of this house, okay? So be the head, be the head in seeking reconciliation, okay? That is, I, I, I was taught this many years ago. So the man goes to his wife and say, well, um, I'm really sorry for how I reacted, you know, please forgive me, you know? And then he's not saying it so that he will draw uh, um, a mutual uh, thing from his wife. No, he's not saying it. Because the, the first time I was taught this, the example they gave was that a man did that and said to his wife, really, my dear, I, I, <clears throat> I shouldn't have reacted. But instead of his wife equally apologizing, she said, I told you that uh, your, your Christianity is fake. Okay, so, so then the man turned around and said, well, look, this thing I'm telling you is because of Bible. So don't, don't say that again. In other words, he withdraws his own apology. So now that shows, doesn't show that you really believe in the word. You see, so when you, when you lead in a, 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 a establishing love, reconciliation, peace, harmony, when you humble yourself to do that, even if the other person doesn't do it, it doesn't matter. That's what I mean by at your own expense, okay? So you have humbled yourself, you have apologized to them, but they have not apologized to you. But you don't withdraw your own apology. But, you see, what happens after that is that the Holy Spirit will be working with you in that family, you see? Because you are the one that is obedient to the word of God. Those who know the power of the Holy Spirit working with you, they will not concede that right. They will do everything necessary to make sure the Spirit is with them. You know, that if there is any situation, the, the Holy Spirit can count on their obedience to bring normals to their family relationship. So that's what it means at your own expense. You are available for the Holy Spirit to direct you as to what to do so that there will be peace and harmony again. Okay, sir. So it's just like a sacrifice at all. Oh, yes, that's what it is. You know, okay. your ego, your, your whatever you need to sacrifice to be able to uh, penetrate and, and, and let the spirit work through you. you know, Thank you, sir. I, when, when, we, when we, in subsequent series, we really see how that communion of the Holy Spirit is so powerful in walking us through the wilderness that we may find ourselves. Thank you, sir. A question. Let's see if I have any on the chat room. None yet. So. Okay. So maybe if I would like to ask a question, because from these teachings, you told us about the three types of of men, of man, the natural man, the Kana man and the spiritual man. And I think you did mention that about marriage, that that kind of man, in terms of um, man and woman can, what about the situation where the man is spiritual or one of the spouses is spiritual, the other is uh, maybe Kana or the natural. 
And there are instances of uh, just like uh, the question where the, the one of them is trying to make the sacrifices, but the other is taking advantage of that. And it's like the relationship is not working due to one being spiritual and the other one being kana uh, or, or, or natural. How, how, what are the things that the, kana, the spiritual can do when the natural or the kana is not responding to the sacrifices and other things that the, the spiritual is making to make the relationship work? Well, we have uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, he taught us something in um, John 12, uh, 24. He said, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it will not bring forth any fruit. So if a spiritual man, you know, by man I mean person, if a spiritual man wants to bring life to a relationship that is not working. He has to die to himself. And you know, when you are dead, you don't react to what people are doing. Unless you are not dead. Like one lady told me, said, the problem is that many of them, they don't die when they go to the Calvary. They don't die. They faint. They faint. <laughs> so that, so that um, when, you, when you do some things, they will not respond. They will say they are dead. But if you, if you do some, they will wake up from their death and respond in the old way. That's why this death to self, it has to be real. It has to be real because you cannot provoke a dead man. Go and try it. Go to where a man is lying in state and tell him you're a very stupid man. Yes, you are dead is good, but dead, you know, stupid man. How, what will he say to you? Nothing. Who said anything to you? He's dead. So when people uh, respond and, and uh, with equal provocation, they are not dead. Though. They are not dead. And that's what Jesus taught us. He said, you have to die to yourself. So you first, somebody says something that is provocative. He says something that uh, <clears throat> is abusive. He says something, but you don't respond in the same carnal way. No, what you do is go to God and say, Lord, this thing this fellow is saying, okay, how should I respond? That's the only way to be spiritual. You know, John, um, uh, Romans 8, 14, for as many as are led by the spirit of God. Oh, yes, these are the real children of God. So I cannot respond in the flesh. Responding in the flesh is what we call reactive responses. In other words, you tell me something that provokes me, and then I respond the, the, by, by, in that provocation. But if I'm a spiritual person, the first thing I will do is, Lord, just tell me how to respond. And if he tells me, don't say a word, ah, then I won't say a word. Then I won't say a word. See, that's how we bring life. So you may, you may even overhear the person saying, I abused uh, so-and-so. You know, I said so many things to them. They didn't respond. But you don't know that in that there uh, attitude lies their spiritual strength. God can control them. These are people that God can control. So they don't do things anyhow. They're under control. So, and the, the reason why they're able to do that is because they're already dead. They're already dead. You know, 
that, that, that provocation didn't get to them. Didn't get, it didn't uh, provoke their anger. No, they're dead. And that's why when you see a man kneeling down and praying, say, Lord, I want to die. I want to die. It's not suicide. No, like the Apostle Paul said, he said, I die daily. Every day there's something to die to so that you will not have power over me again. Like somebody said, if, if I can tell you something and you will start raving like a madman, then I have control over you. I have control over you. But if you are dead, then no matter what you say, no matter what you say or don't say, you know, the man is dead, he's dead. And that's what the, that's the power of Romans chapter 6, verse 7. The Bible says, he that is dead is free. Yes, he's free from all this provocation. He's free from all. The, he's dead, he's dead. There's no way you can uh, waken up all these things in him anymore. And that's why we, you go to God and say, please, please. I want to die to all this frustration, die to all this anger. And the Holy Spirit, that's why the Bible says in Romans 8.13, if you through the Spirit mortify, put to death the flesh, only the Spirit can produce that death. Only the Spirit. And that's why we go to God in prayer and say, I want the Spirit to produce death in all these areas so that I, I stop behaving like a, a, a wired animal. Once you, once you prompt them, they start raving mad. Uh-uh, no. So the solution is through personal death. I've died to this, I've died to that. And sometimes <clears throat> you, you thought you have died and then they do something and you flare up and say, Chai, this thing that I thought, then I won't do it again. Then you go back to God and say, Lord, please, you know, let this death really go deep and final so that no matter what you say, no matter what you do, you cannot get me to, to have a reactive response. No. I will have a controlled response by saying to the spirit of God within me, how should I respond? That's it. Praise the Lord. Can you hear me? Yes, yeah. yeah I, I just want to ask a question, um, especially on behalf of uh, the church leadership. Uh, you touched briefly on the aspect of uh, element of domestic violence and um, uh, i wanted to ask a question that has uh, put the church sometimes in a difficult situation uh, the church leadership knows that the uh, element of domestic violence especially when you're dealing with uh, natural and, and carnal christians uh, they have tried to intervene but because either both parties or one party is not submissive to the word of God, uh, it becomes difficult to go beyond sharing the word of God to them. Uh, some leadership have actively tried to intervene by having, let's consider one the spouse taken away from the home, uh, but sometimes it falls back on them in the sense that they are now accused of breaking up the home and not helping it to be restored. Uh, the difficulty is when they avoid that accusation, uh, circumstances happen. It doesn't happen every time one person is uh, critically injured or loses their life. And the question everybody is asking now from the aspect of uh, knowing that someone has died, the first question is what did the leadership do then? Uh, if the person does not end up uh, in a critical situation, 
the leadership is put in a position where you are not helping us to restore. You are helping us to, you are trying to break up. And sometimes some pastors have been accused of having some interest in the matter, which also puts them in a difficult situation. I don't know what you have to say about this. Uh, well, um, it's important to know that um, if I come as the leader in the church and declare to everybody's hearing that this church has zero tolerance to physical abuse, everybody knows it. Okay? So the position of the church is out there in public. We have zero tolerance for physical abuse. So if your spouse um, uh, reports to church that um, they're being physically abused, okay, yeah. we will call you and, and try and see how to help. But if there is no obedience, ah, this matter is a, is, a, is a police matter, you know? Oh, yes. You know, you have encouraged the physically abused to go to court, go to the police and report the matter. And then the police will not be the one giving you restraining orders, you know, the way they do in the civilized societies. You know, they give you restraining orders. And um, I mean, I, I, I've seen it. I've known a girl do that. It, it brought the husband to his senses. You know, it brought his, the husband to his senses because they were feeling that uh, oh, we are Nigerians or we are Africans. We don't uh, uh, wash our uh, uh, dirty linens in uh, public. I said, ah, we don't wash our dirty linens in public, but we are storing it in the house. Uh -uh. So if you counsel them and they do not listen and it continues, the church should um, uh, 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 encourage the physically abused to report the matter to the police. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, uh, also, sorry also, about that. Okay, go ahead, sir. Yes, also, the church has disciplinary measures. You know, some churches, when you continue to do that, they will single you out publicly. Oh, yes. You know what the Bible says to Timothy? Those that sin, rebuke openly. Yes. So if you persist in that, the church will rebuke you openly. You can leave the church if you like. Oh, yes. But, you know, you cannot allow a, a, a little leaven to leaven the whole lump. And then they will say in that church, the people beat their wives and, and nobody's saying anything. Or people beat their husbands. Because every time I say people beat their wives, some women and some men will come and say, so they're beating men too. You know? So uh, we, we cannot uh, uh, tolerate all those type of behavior. No. no. So if they don't listen to counsel, oh yes, they should. They should. Because you see, people have died, like you rightly said. People have died. But um, when them, uh, in the, some of the cases that I know, the police put restraining orders. By the time the man uh, hung around here and there, he, he, he came back to his senses, you know. And then they removed the restraining order and the family stabilized. Yeah. Thank you very much, uh, Doctor. There, there is a particular instance that, uh, 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 or situation, let me not say instance, where uh, the, the party that should be concerned about the situation, because I say it's the person that wears the shoes that knows where it pinches. Uh, you try as much as possible to do all that is necessary, knowing the circumstances and all the things that you have advised, but the party keeps on returning back. And indeed, the party feels that uh, 
you are not helping matter because especially when uh, in environments when they put a lot of the cultural aspect that uh, you mentioned uh, being advising a party to report to the police uh, it, it could be a challenge for some people in the cultural environment that they find themselves and they put all that what would the family say what would that and all those kind of things then it puts the church in a difficult position as to uh, who reports to the police uh, should it be the party being abused or the church gets involved or no, what should no, the, the church, church do? Uh, no, the church cannot report to the police. No, the party involved should report to the police. But it's, it should be on record that the church advised the person being abused to report to the police. Yes. So when people are saying, are saying, oh, what has the church done? And, and, and I, am, I am very, very radical in this respect because... If I give you counsel, you know, and then you don't take it, and I say, I say, okay, under the circumstances, this is what I think is best. If you don't take it, then don't come back to me now because we're not, uh, we're wasting our time. Since you know how to solve the problem, you might as well solve it yourself. You see, you have to, you have to make sure that people get it clear that when there is a path of truth, you know, we don't dance around it. So either you are ready to follow it or you are not ready to follow it. So if, if you have submitted yourself to the word of God and the other party is behaving wildly and is expecting you to be uh, tolerating it and it's physical, you see, that's why I mentioned physical abuse because somebody can lose their life in the process. So you have to be very firm and decisive you know, in terms of what you do. You know, but it should be on record that... Um, the church advised the party who is being physically abused to go to the police for protection. You know, go to the police. And you see, when, when they've gone to the police, a lot of times the people wake up. You know, they wake up that this is not their village. You know, where you can do as you like and get away with it. There are laws. Because this is, this is, the, this is the law. Since you don't want the church to help you um, uh, 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 change your response, then let the law help you. Uh, I, I have someone, sorry about that, Pastor John. I have someone that has uh, uh, privately connected with me, and uh, this is the question. Uh, so what if the other person is scared and is not able to report to the police? Is the church able to help report? Does that mean that the person has to die in silence? Well, you see, um, the, the, the church can take them to go and report. You know, you can help because, you see, you're a third party. You're not a direct, uh, you know, you won't be able to give evidence except, except they beat them in your presence. Okay. So you can, you can uh, send uh, some people to accompany the person to the police to make a report, you know, but that they won't come at all, no. The church cannot uh, uh, make a report of something that they're not directly involved in. Uh, uh, that's why uh, they say hearsay, hearsay evidence is not admissible. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, sir. Pastor John. Yes, I have another question uh, privately 
Uh, in the example during the teaching, you mentioned an example of a lady that complained to church about her husband being adulterous. And uh, the mother of the lady said, as if your husband is coming to eat. So that is what is happening. He said, now, what should be the advice of the church in such a situation where the husband is being adulterous and though he's coming home to eat and all that, just like the mom said, what should be the advice of the church leaders to her? Now, the first question is, is the man in church itself? Okay. Because you see, if the man is not in church, there's nothing much the church can do. The man is not in church. Not to talk about whether he's obedient to the word of God. You know, the man is not in church. There's nothing much the church can do. You know. But if the man is in church, oh yes, you know, the pastor needs to bring him in. You know, or the leaders need to bring him in and talk to him very much and tell him that if you don't stop. You know, the, the church will rebuke you openly. That's what the Bible says. So if you don't stop, then you might decide to leave the church. I say, better. Um, I went to a church and I told the pastor that um, you know, we need the gifts of the spirit to be working so that uh, secret sins can be made open. Like in uh, uh, Acts chapter 5 with Ananias and Sapphira. The pastor was so angry. He said, so you want people to be dying in church? And then he told me a story. He, the pastor himself told me a story. He said there was a man in his church that he went and took an alaja from an alaji. Okay? So when the alaja had a child, he brought the child for dedication. And the pastors told him that ah, they don't do so. You go and take alaja from alaji, you know, in an adulterous relationship, and you have child and you bring. He said, no, we don't do so. He said the, the man <coughs> left the church, that the church doesn't have love. So I was asking him, I said, Pastor, do you regret such a man leaving the church? The Bible says a little leaven, leaven the whole lump. You know, if the church, if the church is known that you, 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 you tolerate people who take Elijah from Elijah, uh -uh, everybody will start taking Elijah's from Elijah's, you know. And be having babies and come. The whole place will be in total chaos and confusion morally. So you want a person like that. That this is the, the Bible says the church of Jesus Christ is the pillar and ground of the truth. So, so we, we, we don't joke here. This is not religion. This is building the kingdom of God. Okay. And if you're not ready to be in the kingdom of God, you might as well go and stay in your house. But don't mess up the church. You see, the second part of the problem is that the man may be very rich and contributing money and say it's not a matter of money. Not a matter of money. No matter who he is. No matter what he's doing. No matter what he's contributing materially to the church. You know, you cannot behave like that. It has to be made clear. And if you persist, then we have to bring it up openly. You know, bring it up openly. You see, we have to follow the word of God. So that people will know that this is serious business. That building people who will have, who will live in eternity with God is not a simple matter. You see, church is not just for here. It's for time and for eternity. That's why you have to help people straighten out their lives. You have to help them straighten out their lives so that they will make heaven. Praise the Lord. Pastor, uh, there is one that is a common question uh, when we talk about uh, love and submission. Uh, you find people are asking, 
which is something that gets back to me. Who, who should do theirs first? Okay. You know, and uh, yeah. this one says that well, I cannot love when is not uh, she's not submissive. The other one says I cannot be submissive when he doesn't love me, and uh, it becomes like the egg and the chicken situation. Which one came first? Well, I think um, the matter was made simple for us when the Bible says, "Husbands, love your wives as." Okay, that's the controlling word, as Christ loved the church. So leave husband and wife alone. Center on how did Christ love the church? Okay, so somebody says it's submission before love. Okay, so now what it means then is that Christ was there. We submitted to him and then he started loving us. So that controlling uh, uh, statement as Christ loved the church solved the problem because our own response uh, our own response to Christ is not an initiative it's a response so 1st John 4 9 hearing is love not that we loved God no it's a response we are the ones responding so we are submitted to God because he loved us so if they say husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, it's obvious that the husband's love has to be first. You know, and the wife is submitting to that love. So, so, so nobody should be in any doubt as to which comes first because of that statement, as Christ loved the church. If that statement wasn't there, then the question will arise. But because that statement is there, it's obvious that it's love that comes before submission. Because in the relationship with Christ, we are not the ones who submitted to Christ before he could love us. No, Christ loved us. And then we are submitting to Christ. Our own uh, submission is a response to Christ's love. Amen. Thank you very much. I think, uh, Brother Emilike, you have a question? Yes, I have a, I have a question. Can, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Great, greetings, Doc. Greetings, uh, everyone. Uh, my question is, um, you know, with the number of uh, marital issues, you know, marriage problems around you, you know, what one does marriage counseling for new couples or newlyweds? Is it that? the church is not doing enough in terms of counseling, or is it that it goes into one ear and goes out of the other ear? You know, is, it, is there something being done to improve on marriage counseling for new couples? Well, that is, I think that is part of what we are doing. You know, I'm sure the pastors have their own program in their local churches, you know. But what is important is that um, before people... Um, um, get married, they need to know what is expected of them. Particularly if they come from a background of uh, dysfunctional homes, you know, so they have never known uh, uh, love and stability. You know, all they have known is all these fights every day. So you really need to help them to realize that it doesn't matter, you know, what background they are coming from. It does not matter. What matters is that you have embraced Christ and you have embraced the word of God. So rebuild your life 
according to the word of God. And your story will be different. Your story will be different. You know? and, and, and this is really, and the emphasis, the emphasis must be on the authority of the word of God over the life of the Christian. You know, we didn't start this gospel. So we cannot, we cannot define it. Okay. So, so when we are submitted to the word of God, then gradually things will begin to change. You know? And that's why when they have issues, don't, don't give them the opinion of men. Show them what the Bible says so that they will know that this is God speaking to them in their lives. You know? And I'm sure that um, it, it has to be on a continuing basis. You know, because um, and, and, and occasionally you have all, all question and answer sessions. To, to look at various issues and how a Christian, the word is a Christian. And by that Christian, I'm only talking about the spiritual man. You know, how a Christian will respond in such a situation. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, I have a question from someone. It says, uh, uh, Pastor, how will you cancel if a person has a spouse that is a serial adulterer? You keep forgiving, but it keeps on uh, going on. What do you have to say to such a party? Now, is that person a true believer? You see, this, this, this is what raises the question. Is he, is he really a true believer? Because, you see, if he's in serial adultery, Obviously, he's not a true believer. So the question is fundamental. Let them give their life to Christ first. You know, they're not believers. Because, you see, a believer uh, falls under Galatians 6.1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, not in, in a serial fault. Ah, no. So if a man be overtaken in a fault, those of you who are spiritual, restore such a person, okay? But if somebody's in serial immorality and they're in church, oh no, you know, you have to bring them in and read them the riot act, you know, because if they don't change their ways, then the church will have no choice but to rebuke them openly. You know, people need to know that these things, these things are in the Bible, you know, Brother, so and so is a, is a, because you don't even know. You may be doing sleeping with people in the church. You know? I, I, I met a girl once in a meeting. She told me that it was a choir master that seduced her, that she was a virgin. You know? So you, you really can't, can't um, uh, uh, tolerate all these things. You know? She said it was the choir master that uh, broke her virginity. You know? So, so you, you, just, you just cannot tolerate these things, no. And if the choir master is doing that, oh, of course, the first thing is that he starts being the choir master because you're giving him privilege and access to, to vulnerable people, you know. And then you have to an announce it openly that the, the choir master cannot be trusted. So you should, yeah, that's why we put him down as the choir master. When they know that you do that, nobody can come and behave like that. They can go somewhere else where people cover up, up such things, you know. So you have to be very firm. Yeah, thank you, Doctor. I think the, the sister 
also wants to know, uh, most likely in terms of the spouse being an adulterer, also wants to know, most likely, I believe, uh, uh, what does she do in that kind of situation? Well, you see, the, the truth of the matter is that the Bible, the Bible says that uh, if there is adultery, it invalidates the vow. Adultery, that's what Jesus said, you know, adultery invalidates the vow. And so, um, if a fellow is incorrigible, and, and particularly in these days of venereal diseases of all sorts, you cannot continue to expose yourself to such a person, you know. And, and, and oftentimes, the brother or, or, or whoever is doing this has to know that um, you are going to separate from this relationship. You know? They need to know because the Bible allows you to do that. Adultery invalidates the vow. Thank you very much, sir. Pastor John, do you have any? No, there's no other questions from the chat room. And I don't think there's any other person raising their hands. So I think uh, since uh, I want to thank Dr. for a very wonderful teachings. And I think if there's something that uh, we can take away from there is that the question that you asked, and I think which you resonate with every one of us is that what sort of man are we? You know, what sort of man am I? Am I a natural man? Am I a kind of man? Or am I a spiritual man? Given all the, all the attributes of each of these men. So what type of man am I? Because that is exactly what will help us in our relationship and also in our relationship with God and with others. We want to thank you so much uh, for this wonderful teachings. I'm sure Pastor Ken will be talking more about this later on. But at the moment, now we want to uh, give uh, a provide an opportunity for us to give uh, offerings to support this work. Now, this is a teaching first of a series, and by the special grace of God, it's going to be a continuous series where we learn and learn and learn more about and be what God wants us to be in our marriages, in our family, and even in the church of God. So we'll be giving our friend there are various ways by which we can give. Uh, we can give, uh, we'll be displaying the, uh, sharing the modes by which we can give. We can give by text to give. We can write our check and we can also send an email e-transfers, uh, interact transfers as well. Your pastor will be displaying the various means by which we can support this work. Yes, we can write our check in favor of RCCG, Tati Beta Road, and to be mailed to that address. We can also give via Interact account at Jesus House Toronto, and we can also do text to give, especially for those of us that are in Canada. And uh, we can also visit jesushousetoronto.ca slash giving. We can also give on the website as well. So whichever way that is convenient for us, please let us do that. And the Lord will bless us in Jesus' name. And uh, we also want to let us know that Dr. has some books and uh, Pastor will be talking more about that. And uh, we can, the books are available on Amazon, but the church has... Uh, uh, we have some copies of the books, of uh, doctor's books, and uh, we are willing to give 
20% discount on whatever the price is on the on Amazon. So you can visit the church to pick up such books and uh, the books and which will help us in our spiritual lives. And uh, I'm over to Pastor Ken to talk more about the copies of the books. Thank you very much, Pastor John. Uh, that's just the information right on the screen. Um, between love and submission, uh, you can get that on uh, Amazon. And uh, that's the information there. And there are other, the pathway, pathway to conversational prayer that is also available. And as mentioned by Pastor John, um, uh, what is indicated there on Amazon, a 20% discount can still be obtained if you do get in touch with admin at jesushousetoronto.ca. Uh, we'll be able to see what we can do. Uh, this information, thank God for what God has used the man of God to share with us. But uh, I usually tell people that it's the same professor that teaches the people that pass and the people that fail. Mm -hmm. uh, it is what you do after you have heard uh, the message. What do you do? Uh, do you, as we talked about, a carnal, spiritual, uh, natural man, do you just let it pass or do you go and search deeper, digging deep? And that's what the Berean Christians are, are all about. And that's why we named uh, the Institute Berean Institute because when we hear the message being shared, we want to go dig, dig further because we want to be able to get additional information, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom to apply ourselves. So these materials I must have and I want to encourage us uh, to dig deeper. And same thing, the Bible is there. We want to be able to confirm whatever word has been shared with us. And the Lord will help us as we do so in Jesus' name. Uh, this is just one of the, by the special grace of God, uh, many other series, uh, because there's so much areas to be touched within this institution that is very crucial. And um, it is an institution that is made by God, is uh, established by God. It is not man that said he wanted to marry. It is God that said it is not good for man uh, to be alone. Uh, so I pray that we would be able to ensure that we make ourselves available. And as we are blessed, we want to be able to communicate as many, with as many people. We want to minister to the world. We want to be able to reach out to the globe because that's what the Great Commission is all about. I want to use this opportunity to thank uh, uh, Dr. Oke Onuzo, uh, as he has on the screen, Uncle Oke, uh, <coughs> is, a, is a, not only an uncle, is a father, is a grandfather, is, a, is everything unto us. And I uh, want to thank God that despite his uh, busy schedule uh, in the medical field as a, as a doctor, uh, he has made himself, he has submitted to the Word of God and made himself available to be able to transform and impact the world. I believe that as we receive, we want to also be a light and we want to also shine in the darkness that is around us. And the Lord will help us do so in Jesus' name. Uh, I, I thank God for everyone that has participated in this. Uh, you are not here by accident. There's a purpose. Nothing happens by accident. 
And as Dr. mentioned, we all have to make choices. You made a choice to be here. And God himself that has seen the choice you made for him, the choice you made for your marriage, the choice you made for your family, the choice you made for your generation, the Lord will bless you and bless your household mightily in Jesus' name. Uh, we are about rounding up and uh, we would uh, like to give uh, Dr. Uh, some moment if there are any last words of encouragement for everyone and I believe that this is also being live streamed so anyone that is not part of us uh, within the zoom uh, conferencing meeting I uh, believe that you are also blessed wherever you are listening whether you are uh, Facebook or uh, on YouTube you're also blessed and I believe that uh, the same blessing we have received it's also available unto you and your family in Jesus name Amen. Okay, I want to also thank God for the privilege to really be part of this. And I want to encourage everyone that uh, the change they come to us through prayer. You see, that's how when you see something that you need to imbibe, then desire it and go to God and say, Spirit of the living God, please walk this in me. And then when you, you transform. Nobody can say what happened because the spirit has worked it in you. And that's how our lives change. We desire it and we pray. And Jesus said, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you have received. So if you were carnal, you want to be spiritual. Lord, I want to be a spiritual man. So believe that by the spirit of God, things are beginning to change. And you see, changes will begin to come to your life as the Holy Spirit works with you. Once that desire is sincere, that's the way it works. So let us pray. Father, we are so grateful for this time we have spent together in your presence. We release everyone who has been part of this onto the voice and control of the Spirit. That Lord, by the time we meet again, we have testimonies of how you have changed our lives. Amen. And how you have empowered us to truly represent you well on earth. May that be the testimony of each and every one of us. And so, Lord, bless families, those that are in distress or, 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 or in trouble or disharmonious. Oh, Spirit of the living God, brood over them. That's a new reality for them. Show them that there is power in God to change lives. And may they all come back one by one with testimonies of how you have changed their lives. So we thank you, O oh God, and give you all the praise and all the glory. For it is in Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen. 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 Thank God for everything. And I just want to communicate with anyone, uh, anyone out there. You can reach us at any time on admin at jesushousetoronto.ca. Uh, we also call the Joy Center, and I believe that our joy will continue to be full in Jesus' name. Uh, you could also reach us at uh, through Jesus House Toronto. Ca. Uh, we want to maintain connection. Uh, this is not about church. This is about building ourselves up in the Word of God. Uh, Christianity is a lifestyle. It's not a title. It's not a religion, it's to be able to manifest the life of Christ. And I believe that as we make ourselves available, 
present and available, the Lord will use us and use us gloriously in Jesus' name. Uh, once again, we want to appreciate uh, Dr. Okeonuza. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, we know that uh, when we look at uh, the time difference, we know that uh, some of us are still having more of the day to go. Uh, <laughs> so we appreciate your staying uh, staying back and everyone thank you. that is thank probably you very much. Thank, thank you. you sir. We appreciate you being with us and uh, we look forward to having uh, many many opportunities uh, to be By able the to grace of God, uh, yeah. receive from what God has deposited in your heart. And I believe that same thing with everyone. We will all be blessed in Jesus' name. I want to use Amen. this opportunity also uh, to thank everyone. Uh, that is on the line and everyone that probably might be watching us uh, via Facebook or YouTube. Thank you for making time. This is a weekend. This is a Saturday. And uh, thank you for making time available. It is not time that you have made available to man. It is time that you have made available to God. And uh, you will continue to discover his presence. You will discover his purpose. Mm -hmm. You will discover his principles. And uh, the spouse that the Lord has given you or the Lord will give you, uh, it is through being in his presence, knowing his purpose and working in his principles that you will connect to your divine partner. Uh, believe that even as we connect, God will show us the way and what to do. We will put aside experience, we'll put aside uh, culture, we'll put aside tradition and we would hold on to the word of God. The Lord bless you mightily. Father, in the name of Jesus. We ask, O oh God, that you continue to open our eyes to see, Amen. open our ears to hear, Amen. open our hearts to receive, Amen. and open our lips to proclaim your glory. We say, Lord, let your will be done. Amen. Thank you for having your way in our midst. Amen. Thank you for your spirit moving unhindered in our midst. Amen. Thank you, O oh God, because we know the story of each and every one of us will change to glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, you will put a new song upon our lips. You would establish us in this institution of marriage and the enemy will be put to shame in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Amen. We bless your name. We thank you for your son, Dr. Onozo. And thank you for everyone. Father, we ask, O oh God, that your glory continue to be upon them and continue to manifest with him and through him. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless and okay. uh, thank you, thank you, thank good you. Night good night to everyone. everyone. I think good afternoon to some people, maybe good morning to some people. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that's way, the way God has allowed it to be. God bless you mightily. Thank you very much. Have thank a you. nice day.